You are now tuned in to Behind the Confidence Smile, the podcast, where we talk about what's behind your smile. No longer suffering in silence and truly walking in your purpose daily. I am your host, Bianca Cotton, wife, mom, author, poet, speaker, and hope dealer. I am on a journey to help women walk in love, live in hope, and be healed from past hurts. Join me on this journey of revealing what's behind your smile. We have special guests, some poetry, and inspiration. Now let's start the show. Hey y'all, before we hop into today's episode, I want to invite you out to my book celebration. An update for you, we are now going virtual. So wherever you are in the world, you can join me August 6th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time to celebrate my fifth book, Captivating Confidence, an 11-step guide to develop a healthy relationship with yourself and own your inner greatness. Please join me, invite a friend. I will be doing the Q&A, so come with your questions ready. And I have some uh, special things in store for you. You can register today at my website, BehindTheConfidenceMail.com, or search Captivating Confidence on Eventbrite. All right, now to the show. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again for another episode of Behind the Confidence Smile. I have a wonderful woman here who is going to bless our lives today, okay? Her name is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She is a board-certified internal medicine physician, speaker, and award-winning author. She is an international well-being thought leader Featured in numerous media outlets, including Prevention, MSNBC, Women's Day, Fox, Fast Company, Psychology Today, Inc., CNN Health, and TED.com. She is the author of numerous books, including her bestseller, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, including Insight on the seven types of rest needed to optimize your productivity, increase your overall happiness, overcome burnout, and live your best life. You all, I'm being blessed by this book on so many levels, and I'm so glad that I'm reading through it and pacing myself because it will hit you in the heart and just something that you need to sit with. And also take her assessment at restquiz.com to see where your rest deficits are. I took my assessment. I wasn't surprised, but (laughs) it was good that I had language and now I have strategy behind that for reading Sacred Rest. Thank you for being here, Dr. Dalton-Smith. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So our main question that we ask every guest is what's behind your smile? So a lot of women hide behind their smiles, pack bags behind their smiles. So what's behind your smile? 
I would probably say a lot of lessons learned is what's behind my smile. Um, you know, I think after you've lived through some things, uh, dealt with pain, dealt with disappointment, uh, seeing breakthroughs, seeing God show up in certain areas of your life, that, you know, it, it does bring a sense of joy and a sense of peace. And so those are the things that I would say are currently behind my smile. Wow. Yes, a sense of peace. We're going to dig into that, how you usher peace into your life. Um, what led you to write Sacred Rest? And I, I'm personally interested in this because as soon as I read the foreword in the intro, I didn't even get to chapter one yet, and I felt lighter. <laughs> so what led you to write it? Um, simple answer, I burned out. That's the simple answer. I got to a place in my life where I was just, you know, on the surface, my life looked very successful. It looked, you know, it was one of those things where people would say, girl, you got it made. And I'm thinking, if you only knew <laughs> what, what my days looked like. And, you know, it was during that season where I, I was experiencing a lot of blessing and a lot of favor, but I had yet to learn really how to sustain my own well-being in that process. So I was losing myself as I was seeing doors open and it just brought me to the end of myself. I burned out. Um, I, when I burned out, I tried to look for it at internal medicine and look at my career for examples on how to correct that. And, you know, as a physician autom automatically, I thought, well, there has to be something medically wrong with me. So I checked my thyroid, you know, checked for diabetes, checked for blood pressure, checked all these things and nothing was wrong with me. Um, and, you know, at, at that point, it was kind of one of the situations where I really felt like, you know, there's something more going on and I just don't know what it is. And one particular day, I actually opened the book with this in chapter one. I remember coming home from work, you know, I have two toddlers at the time, both under the age of two. I picked them up from daycare, kind of set them in front of the TV. And I just did not have energy for one more thing, not for them, not for me, not for my husband, <laughs> not for nothing. And I remember just kind of laying out on my floor that day. And I was like, God, if this is, if this is what I've been praying for, you know, this is the house, the car, the man, the kids, all those things that I've had on my list and, and you've given them to me and, and I'm sitting in it and I feel this horrific. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> this isn't what I thought it would feel like. And I remember laying on that floor, just with tears streaming down my face thinking, you know, now what? And I felt like for the very first time, I just felt like God spoke to my spirit that, you know, you, you haven't inquired about me of this ever. Like you gave me all this wish list of stuff that you wanted. And, you know, and I've blessed you with that, but never once did you ask me how to, how to actually hold what I've given you. Mm. And that started me on a journey that, that led to this book, understanding what, what is rest? Well, how do I restore after you feel like everything's falling to pieces? How do I maintain energy in a busy life? You just said so much. How do I maintain energy in a busy life? It's in the book, y'all. You got you to gotta read through it, but she's going to break down the seven types of rest. So as I was reading, I was like, how does she come up with seven types of rest? So you can share with us how the seven came about and then what are the types? Well, the seven came out about by a lot of research, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of research, a lot of prayer and a lot of back and forth between the science and the Bible, trying to see what it looked like in the lives of other people. Um, and because I am someone with a, a science background, I 
started with the science for, for the big part of it, going through the research, going through all of the different topics. There really wasn't a lot of verbiage around fatigue. You know, it was kind of one of those things where you're tired, get more sleep. That's kind of the, the conversation everybody was having. And that is where I started thinking that, okay, I must just need more sleep. You know, doctors and, you know, people in healthcare tend to be sleep deprived. But then what I realized is after I was getting, you know, eight, sometimes nine hours of sleep, I would still wake up exhausted. I would still wake up tired. That's what then led me to what ended up being the book, because that's when it kind of clicked. There is some type of fatigue I'm not hitting because I'm sleeping all I can sleep. Like I can't sleep any more than these eight, nine hours I'm already getting um, and feel like it's going to help anymore. There's something else that's fatigued. And that's when I started really just kind of going through some of the clinical research, working with my patients and, and asking questions to kind of find out what are some types of fatigue that were similar despite people's, you know, ethnic backgrounds or socioeconomic statuses and all these other things, you know, what was universal, regardless of if somebody was a school teacher or stay-at-home mom or a lawyer or whatever, all of these people were experiencing similar types of fatigue. And it was that combination of work that actually ended up in the book because there were way more than seven initially. <laughs> there was like, you can be this kind of tired and this kind of tired and that kind of tired. And then, but some of them were very unique to certain people and people groups. And so the seven, I felt like needed to be kind of the core foundational things that everybody had some level of experience with using energy and expending energy in those levels so that they can then need to be restored so that they then need to have a restorative process. And so those seven um, that are in the book are physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. And, um, you know, each, like we can go through whichever ones you prefer, but, um, you know, each of them has a specific area that we're looking at, because if you just say, which most people do, I'm tired, Mm -hmm. and you don't narrow in on the kind of tired you are, you may be doing something that is a restorative activity, but it's not the restorative activity for the area where you actually have a rest deficit, exactly. which is what a lot of people do. They, you know, I'm going to rest on the weekend and they lay around on the sofa and they may watch Netflix or, you know, whatever it is. And then they comes Monday and they're like, I don't feel any better. Well, you know, if the type of rest you needed wasn't specifically related to like completely laying still, which right. most of us is not, <laughs> nor, you know, and you're looking at Netflix, not as a creative experience, which because Netflix can actually be a type of creative rest, but you're using it as an escapism, you know, just to kind of forget your life, you're going to get in everybody else's drama, you know, at that point, you're not, you didn't really solve any of your rest deficits. And so that's really where we have to narrow in at. That's so good. So the women that tune in are um, high achieving, go-getting, like purpose-driven, uh, managing pain and trauma. So the first one I wanted to talk about was the emotional rest one and yes. what that means and how a person can recover from having yeah. an emotional deficit. Emotional rest deficits are really interesting because, and, and, I won't say that women have it more than men, but I find that women tend to have a harder time working through their emotional rest deficit in part because a lot of women tend to be people pleasers. 
And so they're high achievers naturally. You know, we have we have people who just are are built to work. I mean, they don't have a work ethic problem. They have a rest problem. They have no issue working. And so when you have someone who is a natural high achiever, they enjoy work, they enjoy productivity, that person then if they also have any kind of people pleasing behaviors with them, or if they have weak personal boundaries, they are at higher risk for experiencing rest deficits in all the areas, but particularly in the emotional rest area, because someone with a people pleasing type behavior or or weak um, personal boundaries this is the person that someone, everybody else will be asking to help, you know, oh, I'm having a, you know, can you volunteer for this? Or, you know, I need support doing this. Can you come help me out during, you know, whatever. And that person is, is wanting to say yes, because they don't want the friction and the, and the kind of the, the butting of heads that happens with a natural boundary, you know, boundaries by definitions do have to have some level of conflict. That's how they work. There's a demarcation line. And so women who, who struggle with that, who, are, who don't use their yeses and nos effectively, have a tendency to have higher levels of emotional rest deficits. Also, women who don't feel like there is a safe place or person or situation where they can be very just true and real and raw and authentic mm-hmm. about what they're feeling will also experience that. You know, I find that quite a few women, especially depending on the profession, but in some professions more than others, have a tendency to carry large amounts of emotional labor. Um, and then, and you know, parents do this. I'll give an example just from the pandemic. We had a lot of people experiencing emotional rest deficits because, you know, they may have lost their job or, you know, finances got funny or something during the pandemic. And, you know, rather than tell their kids or their spouse, you know, hey, um, you know, my salary was cut or I've you know, been furloughed or whatever it is, they keep all of that to themselves. They, they carry the emotional weight of that information because they don't want to give that emotional load to their kids or their spouse. So they carry that by themselves and then they feel the, the you know, stress and depression and all those things that go to that, go along with that but they don't feel like there's a safe outlet for sharing it because of their fear of of what we call trauma dumping onto their family. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to realize that, you know, you can experience emotional rest without trauma dumping. You know, emotional rest is being able to say how a situation is making you feel, not sharing all the gore and the details and, you know, the pain points and all of that, that's trauma dumping. So we have to understand that, you know, we all need someone in our lives that can be an emotional rest support, whether it's a counselor or therapist or pastor or friend or family member, whoever it is, um, we all need to figure out who those people are or that person is in our own lives. So good. So good. I want to hit on the mental rest as well. If you could talk about that piece too. Yeah. Mental rest is one where many people have different deficits in simply because we have a very um, mentally rich lives now, you know, with the, with all the engagement we do online and all of the multitasking we do because we have um, so much access to information, you know, what we really have to understand with mental rest is the ability to clear out our, our brain, clear out that cerebral space. So someone who has a mental rest deficit is the person who they're exhausted. They hop in the bed, they close their eyes. And the second they close their eyes, 
they're thinking all the thoughts. They're thinking about their to-do list the next day. They're running over conversations they had earlier in the day, thinking about what they wish they had said or how they'd say it differently if they had a, you know, another opportunity. Um, this is the kind of person who would be someone who struggles with memory. They go into the grocery store and they're like, okay, I've got to get these three things. They don't put a list because it's three things. You know, they walk in and they can't remember all of them. They remember two, but can't remember what that third thing is. Or that person who's chronically walking into the other room and like, why am I in here? You know, what did I come in here for? You know, so if you're, especially if you're someone who's not in their 80s, you know, you're not concerned about having dementia and, you know, you're, you're at an age where you should be able to remember these things, but you simply can't you could be experiencing a uh, mental rest deficit. And so part of correcting that is really learning how to focus your thoughts and, and clear your mind. So simple strategies include things like what we call a brain dump. So if you're the person at nighttime that's you know regurgitating information in your head um, and you're trying to remember stuff while you're going to sleep, you know your brain is going to fight you the entire night because as far as it's concerned, if you're regurgitating information, that means that's more important than sleeping. And so it's going to keep running that thought over and over again at the expense of you sleeping. However, if you jot it down on a piece of paper or post-it note or, you know, whatever you happen to have at the bedside, it then gives the brain permission to release that information because now it's safe. It, you know, it's, it's secure in a place that is not going to disappear so the brain no longer feels like it's the sole responsibility is holding on to that information throughout the night. Other things are like mindfulness techniques that a lot of people do. Um, one way a lot of people experience mental rest, especially if you enjoy jogging or physical activity, is um, if you're a jogger, you know, when you're jogging, some, a lot of times people will say, I just feel so much clearer in my head after I jog. Well, part of that is because they're experiencing mental rest. Now, physically, they're not resting. Physically, they're jogging. But mentally, their mind isn't focused on their breathing and oftentimes their cadence, how fast they're running their foot speed. And so because the brain is kind of narrowed down on one or two focal points, that's a mindfulness type activity. And it's allowed the brain to kind of push out all this other information, narrow down on a couple of points. And it gives that same feeling of mental rest because now it's like, okay, we flushed out the excess where we're just focusing on one or two things. Mm, that's really good. And that makes so much sense. I enjoy walking and I get that same feeling from taking walks, mm -hmm. the clarity of mind, but I never put those two together until you just said that that ushers in mental rest. So mm -hmm. I'm going to keep walking on my list. I'm going to keep it on my list. <laughs> so yeah, when you, that's what I love because you can combine them. You know, I think too often we think, you know, oh, I have to, I, I need, especially when someone tells you there's seven things, it's like, well, I need to figure out how to get my emotional and I have to figure out how to get my creative and how to get my spiritual and how to get my mental. But, you know, I love prayer walking. That's one of the ways I get all three at one time. I do prayer walks outside. I typically early morning because I like to, go out before it gets hot. I live in the South. And so I go out early morning where there's not a lot of noise. I can pay. I don't have earphones or anything on. I'm just kind of letting my head space clear out and praying in the, you know, praying in the moment. And so um, you can get multiple types of rest, even while you're doing something else. Yes. Yeah, so true. So 
Speaking of your prayer routes, what type of rest are you focusing on right now in your life? I would probably say right now, the one I'm focusing most on is creative rest. I have, I have a lot going on um, right now. And so I'm using a lot of creative energy. You know, when I talk about creative rest, because I am a writer, people think, oh, okay, she, I get it. She needs creative rest because she's a writer, uh, you know, but really creative rest is needed by anybody who solves problems, you know, so because problem solving by itself is a creative activity. So if you're having to solve problems in your work or in your home or at your business or wherever, then you're using creative energy and can become deficient in that area. And so for myself, you know, I'm not writing a book right now. I've just finished writing the, the next book. So I'm not writing anything right now. Right now, what I'm doing is focusing on some research projects um, with different companies. And so that is still creative energy. I'm having to think outside of the box, kind of rope around possibilities that aren't there yet and what could be possible. So a lot of innovative type thinking. And so women who are in business, who are living on purpose, you know, a lot of times what you're doing is innovative. You know, you might be a, uh, what we call a forerunner or trailblazer in whatever your field or industry is. And so you're using a lot of creative energy. And so that's one I have to stay focused on because it's one that's very easy to become depleted. And what happens is when it becomes depleted, you just lose your lack of desire to do whatever that thing is. And I think a lot of women fall out of purpose because they experience a creative rest deficit. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't feel called to that anymore. But then every time you turn around, that's what you're looking at. And that's what you're interested in. <laughs> but because your energy in that level is down, it's hard to think innovative thoughts. It's hard to feel motivated. It's hard to have new, fresh ideas. And really what they're needing is to, to re-identify how they experience creative rest, what it looks like for them. Oh, that's so good. And so timely because I just released my fifth book this week. And after it was, after I was done writing it and I'm like, okay, I'm packaging my pre-orders. I was just like, oh, I feel exhausted. And one of my friends called me and asked me, how does it feel to be a five-time author? I said, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> Because well, congratulations, <laughs> that's all right. That's a feat in itself. Because yeah. <laughs> every book is, is, a, is an act of God. I say it <laughs> it's is. a lot of work. It's a birthing process. And I have been just trying to breathe. And I hadn't even thought about like, is here now? More so like, whew, I think I need a break. <laughs> so what you just shared is on point for me uh, as far as the creative rest. Uh, peace. Thank you for sharing that. So there are many women who are listening right now who may be burned out. Um, what would you encourage them to do for the next 30 days? Yeah. So one of the things is what you mentioned in the beginning. I have a free assessment at restquiz.com. And when they go there, what happens is they will get, they, it's, it is an investment in yourself from the get-go. I'll tell you that. It takes about five minutes to complete the assessment. This is not one of those little cheap, you answer 10 questions and I'm going to give you your life's history. No, I mean, it's 70 something questions. You're, and I don't want you to overthink it, but answer the questions truthfully, not how you hope to be, but right. how are you right now? You know, what's specifically happening and how you're feeling right now? 
when you do that, you get an email um, that gives you a breakdown of all seven types of rest with a score. And I did say eight email. You are not actually added to my email list. So if you want to be added to the list, that's a completely different process on the next page. So I wanted everyone to feel comfortable in being able to get that information because I really feel that is where most people need the help. They just need to identify that initial diagnosis of where is the problem? What's tired? You know, I'm, I'm telling everybody I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Well, what's tired so that you actually have some hope of fixing the right thing. And then the next step after that is once you've identified where you have a rest deficit, then do the, do something to pour back into that empty bucket, whatever that looks like for you. You know, I give specific examples in the book for each type of rest, usually at least three to four. Um, I also have a, a free challenge that's called, um, that's on my ichoosemybestlife.com website called the Sacred Rest Challenge. Now that challenge right now is free and still on the website, but the book initially came out in 2017. So we're redoing websites and that probably is going to be coming down <laughs> within the, by the end of this year. But right now it is still up if anybody wants to do the 30 day free sacred rest challenge. And what it does is it sends you um, a very brief email every day. And when I say brief, I mean, it's like one or two sentences max every day that gives you just an idea of something you can do related to one of the seven types of rest, a way of just kind of sparking a little bit of insight on what it could look like for you to rest. And what I tell people is, you know, out of those 30 ideas, you're not going to, you're not going to be doing all of them for life. What I find is most people will find two to three that are life-saving for them. Simple things they've never thought about. And that after they recognize it's, it actually is a restorative process for them, that it's rest for them, then doing that becomes second nature because they know that they feel better after they do that. Yeah. So now that your book is five years old uh, now, what have, what's been like the, one of the greatest highlights or um, pieces of feedback that you've received? Oh, let's see. I would probably say just seeing how the longevity of it, you know, the book released December, 2017, um, 2019, uh, TEDx Atlanta asked me to speak on the topic of the book. You know, that's already, you know, when a book's two years old, that's, that's old for a book. And so to, to have, um, them reach out specifically related to that. And then I would say when 2020 hit, there was a, a influx of people who all of a sudden recognized, even if I work from home, I'm still exhausted because that was everybody's dream. You know, if I could work from home, I'd always still energized. <laughs> and then after they got that, they're like, you know what? I'm more tired at home than I am when I went to work. Um, seeing how that actually opened so many doors. I, I can honestly say that, you know, the pandemic was horrific, you know, <laughs> if we're looking at it globally, but for me professionally, it opened up door after door after door because it's shown a light on that topic of the seven types of rest and brought it to the forefront. All of a sudden, CNN Health, Essence uh, Wellness, um, Inc., TED.com, not TEDx, but TED.com, 
like the national company. Um, all of these people, Fast Company, Inc., Apple News. I mean, I can go on and on. International, U.S., you name it, all kind of people started paying attention to it. And then that opened up doors with um, corporate work. Actually led to me opening up a company, Restoracist, um, where we actually work within corporations to help train their employees on how to do this within the office so that they don't get burned out and leave. And then that opened doors to research, like I was mentioning to you now, working with um, sports agencies and military and all sorts of things. And so, you know, I think it's just the, the shock of how, how sometimes things don't come when you expect them. They come in their perfect timing. And so it's five years out from this book. And, you know, we're just meeting. You're just learning about the book. And every time that I, you know, go to check and see what the book sales are, I'm, I'm, my mouth drops open every single time because I, it's just amazing to me that as far out as it is from when the book first released, it is, it is gained momentum every single month, not lost momentum. Wow. God is good. God that's is so good. good. Oh, that's and so his good. timing is perfect. That's the lesson yes. I've had to learn. Yes. His timing, not mine. Time is perfect. So you are amazing. I'm just so grateful for you. <laughs> Thank you for your time today, your energy, your pour. Please share with us how um, the women listening can stay connected with you. Yeah, my main website is ichoosemybestlife.com. Uh, based off of Deuteronomy, I place before you life and death, choose life so that you and your descendants may live, because I feel like that's what each of us has to do. We have to make a choice about what our life's going to look like. And then you have to go for it because we all want to leave a legacy for those who are coming behind us. Definitely. So you all go follow, share this episode, uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and rest seven different ways. <laughs> so get your rest on and until next time, um, again, rest, take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Behind the Confidence Matter podcast with your host, Bianca Cotton. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's grow our community, you all. Until next time on the podcast. Remember, we all have a story and a journey of what is behind.